FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first... Let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX Show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulpamex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpamex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. Can I get a table for two? Do you have a reservation? No, I don't. I'm at, I'm at Wendy's. Jeff's an idiot. Yep. I so you'd just... rather suffer and just complain about it? Yeah. Do you ever try to pressure wash a tomato? Oh, but they're batshit crazy. It... No, you do the amateurs, but you just do them normally. Don't do business with companies that are bankrupt. Man, it's hard to win heats. My shower is garbage. No, the camera came out and Jalik went faster. Sure. Sounds yeah, like he likes to party Vegas. after the race, so he'll be good. <laughs> oh, God. Guys. Sometimes I'll send stuff of, of Master P to Nate Dog on Instagram because I follow him. <laughs> right. awesome. Master P is a good dude. Do I need to get it closer? Yeah, that would help. You're good. Okay. I didn't want to. No, don't worry about him. He's fine. Uh, no, they don't really care what I'm saying. Anyways. Audio perfection. Usually you don't like amateurs. but um. Oh, here we go. Do you send I mean, me $10,000 worth it? of anything I'm posting on my Instagram? No. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm not posting nothing. Now yeah. with Chipotle's right. queso, eh? I didn't hear you. All right, never mind. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you hear me? I was looking at my phone. Okay. All right. Well, that's a, that's a fine. 
they're also the, charging we're at the as parking. Renaissance people. Don't if, if, tell those of you people that. Don't. Now they're going to come down here. I don't care. We're back again with another episode of the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show. This week, show four fifty four. Uh, we're pretty damn good show live from Orlando from the Renaissance. Uh, they didn't want you to know that apparently, but that's where they're at. So go find Steve and JT having a good time at the Renaissance hotel in Orlando. And Hey guys here to discuss it with me brought to you by seal savers from the moto spot show, triple J, Justin Jennings. What's up, Justin? So, so dark side. What's going what on, man? Dude, just trying to stay alive in this uh, snowy weather. Yeah, we're having a bit of a, a blizzard, a snow apocalypse uh, or snow apocalypse. I don't even know what to call it. It's definitely not anything we're used to here in East Texas. Um, somebody that may be used to it, uh, a first timer, also on the line. She is brought to you by, let's see, Bishop of the Bicycle Tire. She is another female guest tonight, Miss Carly Phillips. What's up, Carly? Hi, how are you, Darkside? Doing good. Um, I I really thought it was pretty cool that you reached out after Kiefer brought this up. Um, what made you reach out other than just Chris bringing it up? Was it something you considered? <laughs> well, um, well, my fiance Kenny was like, "Hey, they're looking for female, you know, callers to call in." And you, you know, I always shout things at the screen when I'm watching Supercross or motocross, and I yeah. argue with him. And um, so he wanted me, he's like, give it a shot. I don't think he actually meant for it to go through because now it's kind of changed to, you know, him going, Oh my God, please don't, please don't say anything. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he also um, said um, to me kind of whispered, probably a joke. He's like, Oh my God, please don't ruin this sport for me. So I think he's kind of terrified, but I promised him I'd be on my best behavior. What's he terrified of? What's he thinks you're going to do? <laughs> I don't know my mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> are, are you a, are you a firecracker like Samantha was last week? No, no. Only when I watch sports. I'm pretty calm at work. I'm always you know pretty peaceful and yeah. productive. When it comes to competition, to especially with now with Supercross and Motocross, I just I just shout. I just shout at the into TV. it. And awesome. he's, I think it terrifies him a bit, but here we are. All right. Well, Justin, what do you think about having uh, some more females involved that actually listen to Pulp and coming on the show? I like it. I really enjoy it. We uh, we at Fly, you know, we're pushing hard for the Fly gear lines and the women's side. So I think for us, we like to see the women riders. We like to see the women customers. So yeah, the more women, the merrier. I agree. You know what I mean? I think so. Well, as a woman, we Car- oh. Carly on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Carly, as a woman that listens to Pulp, you heard last week, you said when Kiefer was on with Samantha, um, is it something that you you listen to every week? Is there is there any times where you get offended by anything? Or are you pretty good with no, women? no, no? So when Kiefer was like, "Hey, are we going to talk about your vagina?" I thought that was just the norm. So <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> no, but I I used to listen to it all the time, and then with my promotion at work, it has just ruined ruined it for me. I try to get in here and there, but now that I actually have to, you know, talk to people at work it's really gotten in the way. So I th- might have to reassess my priorities. Yeah. Those damn jobs always getting in no the way. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right. So bef- uh, last thing I want to ask you before we get into episode four fifty five is I asked you before we started recording, if you actually listen to the wrap up show and you said you do, um, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about it? Be honest. And what can I improve on? I really like the direction it seems to be going. Um, I think if the play-by-play of exactly everything that Pulp said, it's good to kind of recap. But I do like kind of the tangents that are happening with it that give us extra content 
yeah. to the pulp show. So the st- the stuff that Steve kind of says he doesn't like is what you do like. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. I, l- I like you, Carly. <laughs> I like you a lot. Carly's gonna Carly's gonna fit right in. <laughs> yeah, this is great. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this week, again, episode 455 with Jason Thomas, Jalik Swole, Timmy and Evan Ferry, and Logan Carnow to, wrap up, Carna, Carnow to wrap up the show. Once again, no video, which is a bummer for a lot of people that watch it that way. Uh, but I think everybody kind of understands why it is that way. Justin, is there anything that you like about no video? Like, the show is a little bit simpler um, it, it seems to be a little yeah. bit shorter when he's on location like that with no video, but is there anything that is better without the video? Do you think? Um, no, not really. It seems like the show goes by a little faster yeah. uh, with no video. Um, but for me, I don't watch video, you know, okay. you know, dark side, I'm, I'm a fly rep. So we're on the road 365 days of the year. It seems like, you know, I'm exaggerating of course, but it's just, we're on the road a lot. So for us, it's, the more content, the better. So it's uh, one of those things where I always just listen to it. I never yeah. watch the YouTube. The only time I watch YouTube is if I'm bored at home and I want to see the YouTube comments. Like sometimes it gets, it gets good with, with you and Randy and a couple other guys, but you still get the comments even with no video. So yeah, I don't mind yeah. the, I don't mind the no video, honestly. Carly, what about no callers? No, well, it, it is different. Cause I do, it does bring a whole new aspect, especially the ones that, you know, when they first pick up, it's like, Hey, are you there? And you just hear like heavy breathing. Yeah. yeah. It takes and it a kind of breaks. <laughs> Those are my favorite calls. Okay. The awkward <laughs> the ones. That totally crap yeah. out right from the beginning. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, radio. Excellent. Yeah. People that aren't regular callers don't always know that they're on, right? There's always this little sound right before <laughs> once he picks up, but people don't always know that. And they're like, oh, am I on? Can you hear me? So yeah. And it, you can just hear Steve just, oh, yeah, well, just deflate. Yeah. yeah his, his, his boy Stern would probably just hang up on him, at least back in the old days. But, um, all right. Well, We've talked week, about that before, Dark Side. Like, yeah. I don't like, I don't like the callers most of the time. Yeah. I, I know you said that. Like, I, I think, I don't know, man, they could be a really bad call can still be entertaining. And then a really good call can bring good content. And, and without the callers, I probably wouldn't have this job right now. So, yeah, true, true. So, you, you know, it's a way to, to make relationships for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, show started out with Steve and JT uh, together. No, no one, no one else, obviously. When that can always be somewhat explosive, it's definitely entertaining. And we found out that Steve, Steve has offended the state of Florida. Uh, but you have <laughs> yeah. made a few yeah. uh, comments that I found offensive. Okay. About the state of Florida so far, yes. there was a question about Florida being a part of human anatomy. No, no, no. That, that, was a, that was a question. That wasn't a statement. But you posed the question for a reason. And then the Sunnies? Sunnies. Yeah. I mean, wildly offensive. Yeah. And just flat out wrong. Right. Okay. Well, honest. many people on, on Twitter agreed with me. They have or had the best salad bar going. Uh, Ruby, Ruby Tuesdays. Tuesdays is on line one to debate you on this. No problem. I, I'm not a huge fan of barbecue, but I've been to te- a few places in Texas. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Sonny's is the McDonald's of barbecue. Stop. Like okay. Okay. McDonald's isn't even real food. It's like processed. I don't know if Sonny's is. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, uh, Justin, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Steve. So Steve said many people agreed with him, and I went back and looked at the comments, and there were seven. Um, I, I mean, if that's many, <laughs> that's I don't know. I mean, that that's many for my show. That doesn't seem like very many for his show. 
<laughs> but what do you think yeah. about Steve's comments and his opinions? Uh, even like even you go back to Chick Fil A. He hates Chick Fil A. He now he doesn't like Sonny's Barbecue. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Just, uh, go ahead. I've never had Sonny's, but right. when we go to Minio's, uh, which is that Gatorback, like they there's guys that have to have Sonny's. And I haven't had it yet, but they live by it. Like, they think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So um, I haven't had it, honestly, but I've seen it. It's like a franchise. So, I mean, I get where JT's come, or where Steve's coming from because it's like franchisee. Where, like, here in Tennessee, we have really good barbecue, and it's more like local spot. It's not real franchisee. So um, I don't know much about Sunnies. I haven't had Sunnies, but I'll tell you right now, Flor- Floridians, is that how you say it? Yeah, they, Floridians, they I love think. Their, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they love their Sunnies. Yeah, and Carly, um, I mean, look, Steve has no problem giving his opinion. He doesn't really care if people are offended. Um, I don't know about the McDonald's. I've never had it either, so I can't say. But the McDonald's, a barbecue, that's that's a low blow, especially when you take how people in certain regions are, you know, very uh, – they they love their, their, their local places. Like here in Texas, it's Whataburger, which I think sucks. But – um, you yeah. know, it, people, people will take offense to that and I'm sure he's going to get, he probably got blown out about it. Well, I mean, Steve's never one to really think before he, you know, says stuff. He's very honest, which is one of the things I love about Polk. But, you know, when I think of Florida, I don't think of barbecue. I think of Kansas city. Um, I went to college in Missouri and that's where I think barbecue is. Um, also like just chain stores kind of, I think anytime you have more than one place, I, you know, it kind of loses you know, the, the appeal to me. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love the, the, if from the outside, it looks like it's falling to pieces. You think you might get a disease from walking through the front door, but when you go in, it's like amazing barbecue. Right. So I can see his, t- like maybe he has really high standards for barbecue. Well, he seems to have really high standards for a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, hey, I'll tell you right fancy. now, Charlie, Sunny, Sunny's do look like that though. Some of them look sketchy. On purpose? Like it's, Yes, like they are like, <laughs> yeah, like these aren't clean franchises. Right. Well, uh, it's just funny. I mean, it, it, look, it brings great content as do all these conversations and disagreements with him and JT. I would love to know what the comment was about Florida being a, a, some anatomy part. Like we never really got the details on that unless it was in a, a show. Like I never got a chance to, re- to finish the review show. You know, I don't know where this was. If this was just amongst them two or what, I would love to hear that. But, yeah, whatever. We're not going to get to hear it. But anytime yep. JT and Steve get together, there's, like I said, there's always these fireworks. Um, Carly, do you have, like, a favorite moment or any uh, argument between Steve and and JT that just has stood out? Can you think of anything? There's so much, there's so much alike. You can yeah. almost, oh, like— right. The whole pattern of an argument can be like taught in college. It's like, oh, first Steve <laughs> says this, but then JT. Yeah, yeah. Boom. But I mean, the the la- just the one from this last episode. I don't know if you're going to touch on it or now. Was the mask thing because you could tell that Steve and JT just from a base have a different opinion of yeah. the mask. And so just listening, such it's such a hot topic right now too. I really was tuned into this one, and for the first time, you kind of hear Steve take a step back. He's like, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm not saying, you know, you're forced to wear it and he kind of walks back, which I'm like, oh, he actually like walked back and, and gave JT a, a bit of the argument there. So oh, yeah. I was really surprised by that. I'm like, oh, he's, maybe he is a softy. Yeah, that's Race Tech rant, and we will get to that and cover it a little bit more. Um, Justin, I the one just from this last weekend, like I said, I started the review show and they kind of argued about the the stadium 
Joe Robbie Stadium or what you know in in Miami or in, in Florida, and uh, they argued about that, and I found that pretty funny. And of course, JT ended up being wrong. I don't know if you heard all that, but I don't know, man. I just love their dynamic. Yeah, I think the the problem with JT and Steve is they both don't want to be wrong. They're <laughs> they're always right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things where like JT has his beliefs and Steve has his, and none of them are going to back down. So. Oh, I think that's the biggest thing with those two is they're, they're brothers who oddly agree most of the time, but when they disagree, it's none of them want to say, okay, you were right. Like <laughs> neither want to give that each other satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well guys, this after seven rounds, uh, you know, it feels like we're starting to see where the riders fit in. And that was a large topic of the show. And uh, Steve, Steve and JT are start beginning to have some concerns about Eli. The bigger thing is the defending champion, he got fifth, Eli Tomac. They're pulling away. First of all, if there was no Daytona and no Atlanta and we were just doing our regular supercrosses and Eli Tomac is 29 points down, how worried are you? I'm a little worried. Uh, and, and the points are significant, of course. 29 is a lot. But I'm, I'm more worried because I haven't really seen Eli show any sort of edge over those two, especially Kenny. Eli's feather in his cap has always been the ability to go faster than everybody. And that allows him to overcome bad starts. It allows him to overcome slow starts to the season. Uh, because you know, when he gets rolling or on certain weekends, he's just going to win and not, there's nothing anybody can do about it. It there, you know, it's not panic time. I think you nailed it when you said he's riding very well. Mm hmm. But he's not riding better, so therefore these starts are not there. Normally, so, like, and I think you agree with this, normally at some point in the season, you're like, man, you know, Eli's back there, but God, he's good, right? If he just gets this thing going. He's at the spot where if things go his way, mm -hmm. he can win. Yep. If he's going to heat up, it he, should have already well, happened. And, and his <laughs> problem is that he's dealing with the best Kenny we've seen in a long time. Yeah. So Kenny's putting a Maybe lot of pressure. Maybe the best ever, Kenny. Right. He comes around okay. But then, dude, he just wants to get settled before he starts going. But he yeah. loses two to three to four spots before the first – before they hit the timing light. Right. And I guess that's just, hey, I got to be cautious. I don't want to make mistakes. But that's hurting him also because he's got to get all those guys back. All right, Carly. Obviously, this is what the show is, is about, right? The sport of Supercross and Motocross. Um, but and they they got to have content. But do you think they're jumping the gun a little bit about being worried about Eli, or do you think yeah they know? I, Go ahead. What I just I'm kind of just listening to that again. It's like it seems like he I know he um is the number one plate, but why is he the biggest worry? Like to me, when I first started watching motocross uh, motocross supercross, it was only three years ago. Um, it was all about Eli Tomac because my fiance is a huge Tomac fan. But as I learned about the sport, I'm a, now I'm more of like a huge Ken Roxon fan. And I, it just, it always seems like, I don't know if he's always the concern or always the topic because he has the number one play, but it seems to always pop up. But one thing about Tomac is he's just, you don't know, no one knows what he's thinking. He's so close. And I think he kind of plays a game of chess instead of checkers. So I, I think any concern really with anyone at this point, God knows where this goes i mean this sport is like russian roulette like one one time <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can be i mean i'm not gonna name names because i don't want to jinx anybody but you could be blazing through and think you're a shoe in and then one split second you're head over heels and you're done yeah, it's definitely. such 
it kills, you know, it eats its young. It's, and it's one of the things I love about it is it's just drama and terrifying to watch. Um, so, to, I mean, Tomac could totally bring it around. God knows what happens. We don't know if people drop out. So, um, yeah, I just, it seems weird that that's the only topic it seems. Yeah, right now, I, I guess, you know, preseason there, Steve's concern was with your guy, Kenny, but now mm-hmm. that they're leaning a little more towards Eli and he's not doing what is expected. Um, Justin, what do you think, man? I mean, um, do they, are they right in being concerned about Eli or, or should it, it's a little early, I think. Yeah, I'm going to offend Carly's fiance a little bit, but I mean, I talked to somebody about this the other day and uh, we both agreed if Tomac didn't have seven rounds in Salt Lake, we don't think he would have got the title. Um, mm. It's just one of those things to where history's shown where he kind of struggles and can't put it all together. And I think those seven rounds being stuck in one place, high altitude, like all those factors favored in his hand. Mm. And But, yeah, I mean, you have to be worried for the guy. I mean, when you're a championship contender, you can't be going first, fifth, 15th and at the first round. Like, yeah. you just can't do those things. Um but we also talked about Kenny. Like, Kenny started off the season like this last year. He went, like, 6-2, 5-2-2-1. Like, he actually started off really good last year, too. And then right around this time is when everything started to happen. He's, you know what I mean? Right before we went to Salt Lake, the seven rounds. So, um, exactly this time last year, we went to Daytona. Uh, week, same, yeah, it'll be the same weekend. So, dude, I don't know, man. I think it, we've said it year after year. Daytona, I think, really starts this season or this championship. We've said it for the past how many years. So yeah. I think after Daytona, you'll start seeing who is your championship contenders. Yeah, I think things are going to – it's only been – I mean, yeah, it's been seven races, but it's been what, like three weeks of racing base or three – Yeah. So it's just been crammed together, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes a difference. I mean, it has to make some difference. Um, what about Justin uh, – Steve asked JT – What's Eli's max win total with eight to go? And JT said five. I think that's yeah. a little high, personally. Um, but what do you think? I'm gonna go three. Three. I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if he wins three. He'll Clayton. win one Daytona. He'll win Daytona. He'll probably win one Atlanta, and I think one Salt Lake. I don't think he wins Daytona. Mm. Yeah, I'd be. I would be surprised too. Like, Sorry, honestly, Dylan. Osborne. <laughs> I think Osborne wins Daytona. Oh, okay. If he start. If yeah. He start. Okay. Carly. Anderson lost me $20 this weekend, asshole. <laughs> Carly, uh, JT says if he hadn't won last year, that Eli didn't win the championship, he's, mm-hmm. he probably never wins. Do you agree with that? I mean, the track record, you know, you, I think that um, Justin's really uh, had a point about, I mean, the boys from Cortez and Salt Lake City's that elevation is what he's used to. You could just see in Salt Lake these guys just – you could tell the the um, elevation was getting to them and they even were vocal about it. So, I mean, in the past we've seen him where really good, really good, and then just he keeps falling and then you can almost see him thinking about his mistakes and making more mistakes. And I think that's an honest call that if he didn't win last year, he had everything in his favor. He had a nice break between – I don't know if it mattered or not, but we had that huge COVID break. Um, where he was home to be able to see his daughter born. So yep. I think that that's really accurate. He had all the things probably in his favor. And he even showed up to Salt Lake just like, hey, guys. You know, he seems just really relaxed. And then he killed it. And so I think that's, yeah, very honest and very accurate. 
Yeah, and Steve agreed about the uh, the elevation thing. He thinks that definitely played a factor. Um, hey, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with her zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products, as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Um, all right, Carly, mm-hmm. uh, how about the length of mains? Steve said for years, let's try something different and see if it works. Now with the way tracks are breaking down and a lot of lappers, uh, lapper talk lately, maybe maybe this is in question. They were talking about McElrath coming back, and JT said, you know, hey, jumping into the race, into a race for 21-plus minutes and those condition and conditions can be a lot to deal with. Let's listen to it, and then I'll uh, get your thoughts. Twenty-one mm-hmm. minutes on a track that's going away like that is a long time. Uh, you know, I've raced a lot of main events. A typical main event in my career that would have been like seventeen minutes, mm-hmm. sixteen minutes on a forty-nine second track. Yep, they're doing twenty-one minutes, so it's significantly longer. You, you think about it: of what's three or four minutes, five minutes? It's twenty percent longer. That's a long, right. long extra time yep. to be out. 20-minute main events. We're four or five years into this. Mm-hmm. Are they too long, though? No, I like it. I and like I'm, it. I'm not – I was a guy screaming and yelling mm-hmm. to get rid of 20 laps. There's guys that are exhausted out yep. there. And, and, th- and that's and, their and, own fault. And the tracks are breaking down. And so you, you're fine with that. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, I think you have to – listen, just because a track gets rough and beat up, you don't have to go the same speed. Like you don't have to like, well, the line's beat up. I'm just going to hit it wide open. Marty Davalos on one. (laughs) Right. But that's part of racing, right? You have to race the track as it's coming at you. And if that line is now beat up and I have to slow down or go around it or adjust my approach, that's on you. I don't think that we should dumb down the racing or water it down because guys are crashing. Like, so what? Not everybody's crashing. Like, Kenny's fine. The, no, you're right. The only thing, 29 laps and all the lappers is getting gnarly, right? It's not, so, it has not ever been any different. All right, Carly. So, Steve, first of all, Steve didn't say that we should change it. He just posed mm-hmm. the question. I think JT's spot on. I totally agree with what he had to say. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. Is somebody watching it, do you think it... it was a mistake going to, you know, the 20 minutes. Should we do something different? Should it be a concern? I don't think so. I don't think it should be shortened. I think that whenever you, when you shorten them, it would give um, a greater benefit to certain kind of riders. You have your riders like Kenny who can get up front really fast and he would probably love it to be shortened. But then you have your, your sneaky guys like Cooper Webb who kind of stalk people down and then at the last second make their move. I think that if you shorten it, you're going to be giving a certain part of the field an advantage over the others. And like, same with lappers, same with lap condition, um, how the track, you know, gets worn down. That's part of the sport. I see as like a lapper. Yeah. That's just part of the sport. And it kind of adds to um, when you see somebody being able to avoid lappers or, or they do well, I mince these conditions, especially if it's like a mutter, which are my favorite. Then it's almost like it's part of the sport. It's part of the sport. Um, so I don't think it should be shortened at all. Okay, Justin, I've got you on FaceTime. So I saw you shaking your head during that audio. 
that we played. Uh, what, what was the head shake? I love the 20 minutes. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. Um, and honestly, it's funny because like Vince Freeze, when they caught him last week in an indie, I texted our group and said, Vince Freeze is coming up. Like, because I knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Like, just, uh, I feel like the lappers make the sport almost exciting. Like, it sucks for the front runners, but it's like, it tightens up the race. Like, so if you have those, if you're on, let's say, lap 18 and there's only two laps to go, okay. But if you're on minute eight or minute two and then they go past that finish line, that three seconds left, okay, well, now I got to do two extra laps. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's awesome. It makes it more exciting because that's more lappers they're going to run into, more, <laughs> more scenarios, more situations that they got to kind of comprehend while they're racing. So I really enjoy the 20 minutes. And, you know, even like the 250s, like I texted you, I mean, they did, uh, I think they did 19 laps. And I think once we get more of a stacked class, you know, this heat, unfortunately, has been uh, dwindled down a little bit. But once we get to the West, I think we're going to see some exciting racing with these 15-minute motos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with Steve, Steve made the comment that some of these guys are exhausted, and that's on those guys. Like, you yeah, know how long the race is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if the track at the race is breaking down more than the track that you're practicing on, Maybe don't groom it after you ride on Tuesday. Leave it. Find I, a new line. Yeah, I, and you know that's funny, I, Carly. I asked Jeremy Martin about that last night. Um, he was talking about the practice track, and it gets one line. I said, "Well, do you ever, all right, in, in a moto or whatever, go out and do? Right, I'm going to take oddball lines because that's what you got to do in a race sometimes." And mm-hmm. he said he does, and they do practice that. But I don't think all the guys practice that. But yeah, it's just part of racing. Um, but I, it was a definitely interesting content and something to think about um i like i like the format also guys um about this time the show did you have did you have something go ahead no i was gonna say i wish they do it at a super bowl i would you know i mean just to get these big 450 guys on the track more oh there's so much doubt there's so much downtime like these commercial breaks right um on peacock and everything i mean it's just it'd be cool to see like a super bowl for sure yeah it's something else some other kind of racing would be great yeah um they're not going to do that, though. We know that. They're, no, they're pretty, we do. I they're know. pretty stuck in their ways. But hey, hey about, they almost went. They almost went overseas. They almost went overseas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but yeah, I, I heard something about it. Yeah, I didn't ever hear any exact details, but I heard the rumor. Um, around this time, the guests start showing up. Uh, a lot of good guests throughout the you know the years of Pulpamex. Uh, Carly, I want to know since you're a first timer on here, who are some of your favorite guests? Maybe your favorite co-hosts. Who do you like? Well, my favorite co-host is Dark Side. Oh hell! I learned from I, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah, I don't know if I believe you, but I appreciate it. All right, you're so, you're fine. Dark Side. Besides um, me, my I mean, my favorite uh, guest and my favorite just motocross supercross guy is Phil Nicoletti. Oh, he's nice. just my favorite. I loved how good he did at Canada. I'm really pissed that I have to wait a year to watch it, oh, which yeah. is just bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I got really excited. I saw Sandy Lee pop up. I'm like, Oh yes. Cause that's the good one. Yeah. You know, that's the Michael Essie. And I'm like, please say they caught some of it. And then it was from the year before. And I'm like, this <laughs> oh, is bummer. But, um, yeah. especially if like a Mart's there or Cooper Webb calls in and you, he gets to really, you know, shine that personality. Yeah, my um, m- me and my fiance um, are Pulp MX League. It's just us two. It's called hashtag Dumb Dick because I'm just <laughs> such a nice. fan. But yeah, anytime he's on, I'm like oh, gold. Yeah, so you're you're playing fantasy as well, huh? Oh, yep. Last year and this year, okay. I'm really good at moto, and I'm 
almost beating in Supercross, but I'm, I can't. And I'm only competing against my fiance. I, you know, that's it. But I got you. Still yeah. gets to me every time. Oh yeah, <laughs> fantasy's a blast. I uh, there's a couple other listeners, um, Jake and Jordan, who are a couple who are going to be on the wrap up show uh, maybe next week, I think. And they battle back and forth amongst themselves, and they message me about what I think, and it's pretty funny <laughs> listening to those two go back and forth as a couple. So I, I'll ask you this: since you and your you said boyfriend or fiance? Fiance, yeah. Fiance are both pulp fans and both into fantasy. Do you uh-huh. guys like, did it bring you closer together or do you guys kind of like battle amongst the, the fantasy and, and you know, the show and disagree? <laughs> like, how does it, how does pulp work in your relationship? Well, it was real smooth sailing at the beginning because I was like, the only person I knew was Tomac and <laughs> I drove him crazy because like, Justin Barsha for a whole year. I was like, oh, Justin Barcia is so good. And, Barcia. and he, he, and then like Marv Muscan was, oh, Musquin. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's on Team Orange bike. You know, it was really <laughs> embarrassing. He was disgusted. But then, uh, you know, as I got into it myself, we started dividing. So I saw my first Supercross live at the first round of in Indianapolis and it blew my mind. You know, I'm usually reserved, but I was just like at a TV. I was standing up screaming. I saw a woman <laughs> down front yelling for Tomac when I'm screaming for rocks. And I just wanted to go down there and beat the shit up. <laughs> okay. You know, that's competition. That's and funny. he's still a huge, he's yelling, no Tomac. And so yeah. when Tomac went down in the first round, um, I just looked at him and he, I just, it was just disdain, just absolutely disdain. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, yeah, pulp is definitely, um, our road trip, you know, the pulp and then the after show when we go on road trips and then it's just, we can't get through it episode sometimes cause we pause and then we discuss the situation and then either we agree or we don't agree. And then we don't talk and we push play again. Yeah. I but, like it. I like it. He, he's really, he was very proud of me learning things. And now it's like, he's created a monster and I have my own opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When but it's my, really good. It does bring us closer. When Amber and I first got together and she got into the sport, she would text me during the week and be like, Hey, so-and-so got hurt while practicing. I was like, what do you mean? She's, oh, I saw it on whatever social media she was on. She's like, or she was following like racer X and she was getting this mm-hmm. stuff before I would hear about it. And I was like, seriously, chill down woman. So. Roto Moto has saved my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. But um, there's there are times we actually have made our own pulp rules. Like, we can only share one person. So, like, one one uh, one round, he has the 450 first pick, and I have the 250 first pick, and we switch back and forth. Okay. And we can only share one person on each. So, it's made it more interesting our end, just because I'm like, you can't steal my team. Like, we're very much this is my team, this is your team, your team sucks, and my team's awesome. <laughs> so it kind of adds a whole new aspect to it. But I like it. It gets legit. It gets I like legit. it. I like it. All right. <laughs> um, so Jalik Swole, first guest. Um, Justin, he seems, first of all, he's, you know, he, he admitted, I think, the last time he was on Pulp that he's kind of shy or whatever. Um, and, but he seems to be getting more comfortable on mic and doing interviews. And I don't know, man, this, like his personality has made me – I said this last time he was on Pulp, and then again this time, but like I'm becoming a fan of his, even without him racing yet. You know, this other than last year, obviously, but like I'm pulling for the guy just based off his Pulp MX interviews. I think having Evan and Timmy with him, um, they've really took him in, and Evie, Barry, Mm -hmm. Timmy's wife have really took him in and and treated him like their own. So I think that kind of got him out of his comfort or 
out of his comfort zone a little bit and kind of made him have a little bit more fun. Also, you're in the private studio, you know, at the Renaissance. So it's instead of being on the phone, so you can kind of just an undisclosed location. Exactly. So build up that relationship a little bit. And then I know a lot of people on the team love him. Like they absolutely love him. Like he's just, like you said, he's super thankful, nice kid down to earth. So I think he has a good future at Husky. Uh, I think he needs to perform this year, but overall his, his just, or I guess you could say yeah. is really good. That's my point. So, I, like I'm really glad that he's been on pulp a couple of times in the last few months because yeah. last year, and I think I mentioned this on the wrap up show after he was on before, I had interviewed him at Dallas last year. Yeah, right before the, the break and everything. And, like, he he didn't seem interested in doing an interview. He seemed like – and he, he kind of talked about that last time, that he was just nervous, right? It wasn't – he wasn't comfortable doing it, but he seems to be coming around. And, again, it just made me a bit of a fan. Um, he brought – he talked I'm, about oh, – go ahead. I was going to say, I think that goes back to his confidence, right? Like, you kind of just – Yeah, probably. Say this this – is a big mental sport, right? So if he's feeling confident going into the season and riding and feeling good on the bike, maybe that helps him kind of have more like time for you or more confidence in himself and kind of builds up itself. So maybe in this last year, his self-esteem has built up, you know, over the last you know, 12 months or whatever. Yeah, possibly. We're going to find out. Um, he brought up the, the, the LCQ battle in Tampa last year was brought up. And, you know, he gave us some of his thoughts and talked about that. Let's listen. Myself included was one of those guys that I'm not going to shy away from it where I'm like, hey, man, Swole hasn't been great. Like, well, you know, like I, I think so I'm not going to sit here and, and say that yeah, I, yeah, I always yeah. said you were awesome. Yeah. But go back to Tampa last year. Yeah. Right. The LCQ right. battle for the last spot right. and all that stuff. You know, I, I think your growth th- through that series from that first round to mm-hmm. where you ended up was a lot. It's a big, it's a big change. Like I just, I feel a lot more calm and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I'm all healed up and stuff like that. So it's really just exciting at this point. And with the guys that I was around, I feel like I had a right. really good jump start in terms of speed. And this, the Tampa round, like I, I really, yeah, I seen a lot of progression, but I really don't even think my riding was like really terrible. I just think that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I had the crash in the heat race. Yeah. Mm-hmm which was whatever. And then um, with the bike being bent up and stuff like that and just not even knowing, like I just went back to get ready. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? For yeah. the next race, yep. not even knowing that every spot helps you for an LCQ start, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So obviously that whole LCQ was stacked with, you know, every gate was filled. So I was at the very, very outside and bad start and quick races. So, yes, yes. Uh, no, you got to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I was just... I mean, I don't know. I just think it was one of those things where I didn't know any better, you know? And <laughs> I think the biggest thing I see with rider improvement from first year, second year is just taking a step forward in the whoops specifically. I would stare at the whoops like front that like on my bike or standing off my bike, whatever. And I'm looking at them like, how does this work? Like I'm going to go into them third, fourth gear, like yeah. pretty fast. And then my bike's just gonna handle whatever i'm well you have to hit the top of everyone i know but the (laughs) physics don't make sense to me like i don't even understand it so i would come in and i'm like this doesn't like i'm supposed to crash here i'm with you jt i don't understand how that's supposed to work either carly what i found super interesting i thought was so cool was jaleek talking about like just not knowing how things worked last year so much right he's grown up probably watching supercross Mm -hmm. but he wasn't thinking about the positions uh you know just and he's like hey i just didn't know. Like, basically, I was learning. And Steve talks about this all the time. Uh, and the guys on Pulp, you know, like, these kids come in, they get a two-year deal, 
it's not right, right? It's not fair because mm-hmm. that first year, Jalik was just learning things that now he seems more confident. Like, mm-hmm. but I just, man, I found that so interesting. I thought it was really great um, insight from him. Yeah, it's like growing pains. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard. You know, I have two boys, they're 14 and 12. So when I see these young kids writing, like I stand up when they fall. I just, it's part of just, I can't imagine being their age, not only for the physical aspects and the danger they're being put in, you know, it's part of the sport. I understand, but the mental processes you have to go through to fail or to, nobody likes to see a factory ride in LCQ. I don't know if it's just me, but you always have that kind of knot when we see Anderson in one and then Brayton in one, you're just kind of, your your gut twist. To be his age and know that you have so much writing on you, same with Jet Lawrence, I, I don't know how they do it at that young of an age. Because when I think of myself at that age, there's no way. That's so much pressure. So no matter how he's doing, if he has a good mental attitude, if he's progressing, his mentality is awesome. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do better. I think I'm healed. I think it's very mature for him at his age to be. So I think he's he's on his way. You know, he might feel like he's learning on the job, um, but I'm super impressed. And I, I, I want him to do well so bad because I know that this season before, you know, seeing him struggle super hard. Uh, but especially when you get to listen to them in these pul- uh, on pulp, mm-hmm. you get to humanize them and you do have a level of caring for them. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to see him race. Yeah. Well, you... I'm scared for his body. He's going <laughs> to fall out. You know, the... As a mom, you're like, stay safe. <laughs> yeah. That's the mama bear coming out. Like, uh, oh, absolutely. when you, Justin, I don't know when she brought up, nobody likes to see a factory rider in the LCQ. The only thing I thought of was, yeah, that means that one of my, one of my underdog picks is probably not getting in because, yeah, you know, that's the first thing I think. Like, how many damn factory yeah. riders are in this LCQ? Because how the hell is, I don't know, pick a guy, you know, uh, like, how the hell is my, my pick this week going to make it in now? Dark yeah. side, I, I chose. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Carter. I, I usually pick pretty risky ones. And I, and I was like, you know what, this past race, I'm going to pick – just some rock solid person I know is going to do well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Christian Craig. <laughs> and so when I saw all that go down and he got hurt, I'm just like, I'm never picking an. If I could not pick an all star ever again, that's how it go. Because every time I pick an all star, something, something happens. horrifying happens. So I'm trying to <laughs> trying to pick fairly. But yeah. I have a beef with Christian Craig, but we won't talk about that. Oh but. shit! Well, I had a, I had a terrible <laughs> terrible fantasy weekend. I think I did 153. Oh, it was bad brutal, brutal i don't play fantasy you do what i don't play that means fantasy. you have low nice low blood pressure what the hell so justin good. dude i i it gets me so angry it <laughs> makes me not want to watch the racing all right i, I don't i don't understand like, uh, yeah, so you sound like kefir uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't do it i can't do it all right hey you guys know all about michelin motorcycle tires from the pulpomex show and now, once again, I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is back on board for the 2021 season of Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. 
All right. Thanks to Michelin Bicycle Tires. Um, so back to Jalik. Steve asked Jalik about working with Brownie and Seth Rarick uh, and how Brownie deals with the younger generation. I can see Brownie being like a no bullshit kind of guy. I don't, mm-hmm. Is he like, is he that way or does he? Because he told me one time, it wasn't you, it was mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. with some kids, quote unquote. He said, he's just like, oh, I, you know, I can't talk to these kids. I can't talk to these kids. You know, like as far as like, <laughs> that was my Tennessee accent. <laughs> like he, he, uh, he had trouble because he said the kids today, mm-hmm. millennials or whatever they call you people, mm-hmm. are more sensitive. And Brownie just doesn't have that in his in his DNA. Mm-hmm. So Brownie told me that He's some of the young styles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Whatever. He said some of the younger kids aren't, you know, they get mad at him. Yeah. What about you? No, I no, don't okay. care. I like, I like blunt. Justin. So the reason this kind of, I, I was drawn to this little topic, this little segment was, I mean, I'm, I'm same age as Steve. I'm 45 years old. And I, you know, at work, we get some younger guys starting to come into the job and I don't see them being the ones that we have as so sensitive, but just not wanting to work that hard. So mm-hmm. I can really, really see where somebody like Brownie would probably struggle with the position he's in at Baker's working with some of these kids, if that's what he's dealing with. And that's like, that's an interesting uh, dynamic at that job in a professional sport. Cause right. As a coach or whatever, you got to be kind of hard on your guys sometimes Maybe you have to figure out each individual person and how they re- they're receptive to things. But I don't know, man. I just was drawn to that because I, I could definitely see Brownie being like, yeah, I can't deal with this. I, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, for me, you know, I have 13 guys that are in our region. And, you know, we have one regional manager. And, you know, it's we all have different personalities. You know, it's one of those things to where we all have different traits. We all have things that motivate us differently. And I think that's kind of where Brownie almost struggles because he's such a hardworking guy. And he's so like, give it all in hundred percent. Like, I mean, the dude's 40 something, almost 50 and he's still racing, winning plus right five class. So, I mean, he is one of the main guys I think that you look at and you think work that work ethic, he's got it. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, I mean, gritty is all grit get. So, when you go and say, hey, like, I don't, you know, I'm feeling tired today. He's like, dude, you're tired today? You're getting paid to ride your dirt bike. Like, go out there, <laughs> put in your motos, and shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, so, and I think for him, it's just that balance. You have to figure out these guys' traits and what motivates them. And JT made a good point in the show, too, with Marvin and Cooper on Motospy. You know, it's Marvin was like, I want to do, I don't want to, you know, he's complaining whatever. Cooper's like, I'm not putting I don't want to go shit. first. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what these things is like these guys, they are professional athletes, but Steve's talked about it a thousand times. JT has too. It's like, they're kind of little softy sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, so it is what it is, but I think Mike is starting to learn that. I mean, him and Rare kind of have that balance where Rare kind of takes them on the bike rides and then, mm-hmm. and then Brownie does the moto coaching. So, yeah, it definitely be interesting to be a fly on the wall for that, that, mm-hmm. uh, at their bakers or any of those places, you know, for a couple of days and see how it goes. Um, all right. Yeah. Once, once Tim and Evan Farish arrive, the show guys, to me, it got a little loose talking, <laughs> talking over each other a little bit, interrupting probably just the youth of Evan and Jalik and their friendship. Um, but I don't know. What, what did you think of that? Carly? Like, so I like thought Steve, it was really, I was, sorry, go ahead. I was like, Steve really generally likes to run a tight ship. 
We saw it after the Glenn Helen show when Randy came in and he got a little frustrated because Randy took things over. But these live on location shows, they mm-hmm. get a little loose and Steve seems to be okay with it. Well, he was saying, are you interrupting me? Are you going to continue? to?" <laughs> yeah. And, and I, but I thought it was really sweet of him when he started to say the word whore and then stopped. Because I didn't even catch that. <laughs> he was talking yeah. about um, how, you know, people could just sleep around with whore. And he's like, Oh, and he had to stop. So, I missed that. Um, it's, uh, I, you know, you see like sometimes when certain people come in, like the shows with, let's bring it up, Nicoletti, when he, he was on and Cooper called in and um, <laughs> he had his girlfriend, uh, Phil, Phil had his girl. Yeah, like, yeah. and I was super loose. Like, and there was so much trash being thrown around between everyone. You know, it was, it was a good listen, but I, I kind of see where he's, He's a little loose with some people, but yeah, if it's like his buddies or people who are on normally, it's like a tight ship and he's very like strict, but yeah, yeah I thought he didn't want to say whore in front of younger people. That's funny. Yeah. He, Steve's a little bit of a softie at times too, but uh, the best part of, of Timmy being there was Steve bringing up Tim sending the lap times from 07 Orlando, <laughs> which led to some laughs and some good conversation. Let's check it out. Uh, we're going to talk about Orlando 07, Jay-Z, because I don't know if you heard, but this track was the exact copy of that. Uh, when he gets here, I got a bone to pick with him because he sent me the lap times where he was oh, quicker God. than Roxas. Stop it. Oh, and I just, I almost, I almost broke my phone. I just, I almost, yeah. <laughs> actually, I wanted to drive to his house and break his phone. <laughs> the track was, the jumps were so much steeper, steeper this slipperier. year. Yeah, it yeah, was, it was it very was. different. Uh, so yeah, that was actually, it was complete. You watch the, you watch Stu hit the whoops in 07, yeah. and it's just reckless abandon, right. like as fast as his motorcycle would go. <laughs> and then you watch the guys like last Saturday, and they're right. just like it's like death defying, yeah, yeah, no, trying to get through them. It's I get I love the fact that they they copied or they yeah, tried cool. to, but, but, but it was, you know comparisons yeah, yeah. are silly. That was totally something Chad Reed would do. Chad loved it. Me and Chad went back and forth last night. I had more people say. Man, all that technology and and they're not they're not nearly any faster. Oh, I had God, so many people it. jump on it. So, Jesus. but the odds that Chad really thinks that hundred high, hundred oh, yeah. percent. I'm gonna say high. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. These guys are way That's faster. All what I did notice you about you do say that you yeah you don't, way you don't claim yeah no right. Justin, that's uh, good stuff. That's just Timmy pushing those buttons of Steve's. Like, like Timmy comes across as like he really doesn't always know what's going on, but I, I think he knew what he was doing when he sent that text to Steve. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Timmy. Timmy, I texted you and I said Timmy, Chad, and uh, JT would be a fun oh, yeah, and yeah. M- RC. No, no, yeah, RC would be a fun show. Um, it'd be a really fun show. Like that was just Timmy. I, I think is one of those things where he knows he can kind of get away with whatever he wants with Steve. That's true. Like, you know, it's like they said it's a fairy show, so there's gonna be a shirt coming out called Fairy MX Show soon. What did you think about it, Carly? It was pretty funny. I mean, like, you know, like it's great that Timmy doesn't really believe that like, like Chad probably would, but I just, I don't know. It was good. Good button pushing. It's like siblings. Yeah. Like they love to, you know, he, you know, he sent that to him just for that sole purpose. Sure. And then when they were face to face, it got a little lighter because at the beginning when, (laughs) Barry was in the room and he was like, I just wanted to, I wanted, you know, he's really aggressive. Like he was tough. And then once he, uh, Tim Barry was in the room, he's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. It, he totally changed. And it is, right. It's like a sibling relationship. They have so much history. Like yeah. how can you not, they probably spent 
too much time together. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably especially for Timmy from Timmy's side. Yes. Not enough for Steve, too much for Timmy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. speaking of Chad Reed, look, there's look. always discussions of who would beat who, uh, which era is best, etc. Steve, JT, and Timmy had a pretty realistic discussion about back in the day. I wasn't even in that uh, video of James and what? Ricky. Ricky. Ricky? I, I was not even in a backdrop anywhere. Uh, they, I think it separated out more back in the day. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? I, you know, I, one thing that these guys are doing, um, like, like everybody grows up in this uh, riding facility with these competitions going on every day. And before it was like Chad would invite JT, but Chad and Timmy couldn't ride together because they, you know, but now we got Marv and Anderson before he left mm-hmm. and, and Osborne. Like that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody's better. If you went back before 2000, not many people had supercross tracks to practice on. But there I, were lots of privateers like before 2000. They did not practice on supercross tracks. They just showed up and raced. Right. Like what have you been, where have you been riding all week? I don't know. Some sand track. I mean like the, the competition. Riding with each other. Riding with each other. Yeah. Like nowadays, like that didn't happen just back then. Just at the then. test track. Yeah. That and, but even it. that was like Chad would pull off and be weird about riding with these guys at the test track, you know, like. Alden kind of started it, right? Kind of. <laughs> with yeah. the Roxanne yeah. and Bill Poto thing. Well, it was like, because everybody's like, that's never going to work. Well, yeah, I yeah. think they started actually before that. Well, um, Ricky and, Ro- and yeah. Ezra rode together, but then uh, Ezra says as soon as Ricky got to the big bikes, he told him Ezra couldn't come by anymore. It's really hard for not only the riders, but everybody around them and their circles to keep their ego in check. Right. Like, calm down, everybody. Everybody's just trying to get better. Who cares who is faster today? Right. The races are on Saturday. Yeah. Like, well, I, it. Yeah, like, I Jilly, think does, that, does that bum you out at all? If you're, if you're the third fastest guy, do you, do, 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 that day on a Wednesday, do you care? Does it bug you? Does it? Mm-mm. No. You're just like, whatever. No. Yeah. All right, Carly. So as a relatively newer fan to the sport, mm-hmm. You you pro- you didn't grow up with the sport. You probably don't didn't see a lot of the '80s races, the '90s races, the 2000s races, whatever. Do do you find it interesting to compare, or or to you is can you see that there's really no comparison? You can't put the two together. Uh, that's the first thing I want to ask you about that that audio. Well, I guess. Kenny's doing a really good job trying to educate me in his our history class of things. Okay, I get a lot of YouTube videos. He goes on about you know all of his heroes, Bob Hanna. You know, um, but one thing that even though I'm not, I haven't been a fan for a long time, the idea of them not having tracks that they could just go practice Mm. seems so crazy. Because if you think about Salt Lake and especially I'm from Utah. So like when they were in Salt Lake, I was super happy. But one thing that I was super surprised is, is how many different places people were riding. Like, they, it seems like there were a million tracks just around Salt Lake. You would see people's Instagram. There's, like, Iron Horse Ranch. And, you know, they were going out some in the desert. I know that uh, Courtney Roxon is from uh, the south of Utah. And they have their own thing there. So, all I know is that everyone has super cross yeah, tracks and motor now. tracks. The idea that you would have to come into a race not having anything of, of any likeness outside blows my mind as a new fan. Like, yeah, I don't know how they would have even anything that they could uh, manage to do back then without having any practice that's like the Supercross track is amazing. That's what makes it even more amazing for back then, I think. Yeah. So you you learn you personally learn a lot from this show, correct? Oh, my gosh. Pulp. Yes. (laughs) 
Like, awesome. <laughs> I just thought Kenny was super, super good at everything about, but I, it's because I knew he, I found out he listened to Pulp. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I started listening. It's been, oh, that's yeah, where you got it everything. From. And uh, it, it makes me also know what I like and hate too. It's like, oh, I don't cool. agree with that. And yeah. yeah, I love it. Okay. Justin, um, how about the discussion of the way things have changed recently in the last number of years, whatever, where top riders are riding with each other now? You know, Chase and AC or Kenny, these guys are kind of riding together. To me, I think that that, that would benefit you. Um, I, I don't think the riding alone, like Eli's been known to do, would be as beneficial. But, of course, I mean, we see Eli <laughs> winning a lot of races, so I'm probably wrong, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I believe it's elevating the game. It's yeah. taking these riders to yeah. another level. Um, we're seeing even now with the 250 class, you know, with some of these guys, like Stars, having more of these guys do sprint motos with the 450 guys, to where before it was like the 450 guys did theirs, 250 guys did theirs. So now it's like you see videos of Malcolm and AP training with um, Martin and, all, and Craig and all these guys, and they're doing sprints. So... I think that goes back to what we were talking about too, about learning these guys' state of mind. Because some of these guys, that could be something that could hurt their confidence. You know what I mean? But I think at the same time, it's if you ain't beating these three guys on the weekends, you better as hell get your shit together for the weekend because, um, or during the week, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I know what you, you meant. Yeah, you, your confidence is huge in this sport, so. I believe it's going to be the way of the future. More guys are building facilities, or facilities like Rattray just finished his. Um, and then more guys are moving East Coast. You know what I mean? California is going to be Florida in the next 10 years, I believe. Stars at Goat Farm. You know, I know Honda wants out. KTM's got a lot of, you know, doing a lot of things with Alden. So I could see KTM going there. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't shock me for California to, for everybody from SoCal to be on the East Coast in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, well, there's I have some some info I can't share about a company setting up shop in in Florida. Um, yeah, not a team, but a company that's heavily involved to start a pretty major race shop. Um, but we'll, we'll, I have a quick question. Okay. If you have a second, yeah, how about um, it? So we know that Jmart was when, especially when he was coming back from his back issue, that happened right when I started washing. Uh, uh, we know he tr- he went to the Tomac Ranch mm-hmm. and he worked there. Now, do you th- if do you think that if J Mart was in the 450 class, that invitation would have been granted to him? I'd say it's unlikely, knowing Eli a little bit. Um, so I'd say unlikely. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I agree. It's very. I would say it wouldn't happen. And I think the other thing too is Tomac helped J Mart too because J Mart's uh, the guy in Colorado who saved J Mart's back. So mm. um, I think that's the thing too that kind of helped that relationship. Okay, that that but good yeah, enough for, that good enough for you, Carly. Uh, we yeah. don't really know, but I would say probably not. I think when it yeah, counts, there's well. a lot more community. Um, yeah. I think remember when um, anybody gets hurt in France, the you know moose scans are there to you know sure help out. I know Weston Pike when he got hurt, you know an unlikely relationship form there where they were right there with him the whole time. So I think outside the track, there's more community and than people think. I I'd say so a lot of the times. Yeah. yeah. Not, not so much with the actual racing side, but Mm-mm. yeah, the outside stuff. Definitely. Um, Carly, let me ask you with pulp as a fan, 
Is there anything that you would like to see change? Anything you wonder about? Like, you know, is there anything like that's what some of the stuff Steve wants to know, you know, like what are things you think about? What are things that you'd like to see different while you're listening to the show? You know, you've been doing it. What'd you say? Four years now? Three years? Yeah. Three years. I mean, there's so many podcasts now for this topic and there's a reason I've tried others and like, ugh, cause it's so formal and you can tell they're holding back and they're being ultra polite. The thing I like about pulp is everyone who comes into that studio is held accountable to be honest. And, um, they get called out if they're like, you know, no, that's, that's a textbook answer. I, I love that about pulp. So, I mean, when it comes to what should I change or what do I think needs to change about it? I think that asking that question to the fans is, is his, you know, way of making it better. I mean, he's, I think he's already doing things to continue to make it better. His live shows are excellent. He put this show, you know, he said, Hey, let's do it. You know, you put this together, which is has to be very difficult. Um, so I think just that you would ask that question, that everybody's going in the right direction. Okay. So I, I, I the only thing I took away from that is you probably don't like the Pony Pod, my show, because I'm polite. That's what I took away. Well, stop being polite, Dark Sign. All right. I'll, damn. Yeah. Call okay. me the name. Hey, <laughs> I, hey, I'll tell you right now, Carly. Carly just nailed on the head though. Like, yeah, she did. I love it. I love, I love it. How we have a new, a new, like she's new to the sport. Like, you know, you learn a lot about the sport in three years, but she's fairly new compared to, you know, some of the people in our industry, uh-huh. but me and somebody are talking in Indy and the person I was talking to is very, very in, involved in our industry. And he says, it's funny how people in our media are sissies. And he said a different word. I'm being polite, but he said <laughs> yeah. that we're sissies. And it's funny how Carly's only been in it three years and she realizes that already. Yeah. I, I, well, that's I, not substance. It's not substance. I, I mean, if I wanted to see something wrapped in, you know, I want to know, especially with like fantasy, it's like, what did they have for breakfast and who pissed them off and how right, should right. I drop them before the, before they hit the gate? You know, Fair so, enough. no, I think it's going what, great. What do you think it is? Dick Dark said, you think we're like this because we double dip, like fly the title sponsor, <laughs> right? For right. the series and then fly sponsors, pulp MX and sponsors you. So do you think, we're almost scared because we don't want to offend a big company that sponsors a series for me. Think it's, just- it's not the sponsors. It's for me. I, I still feel that I'm very small time in this industry and yeah. it could be very, very easily for the writers just to be like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Or, mm-hmm. or Sean Brennan, it failed to say, Hey, you crossed the line or you upset a team. We're not going to grant you credentials because I've already seen that happen with people that have crossed the line in, in Feld's opinion or team's opinions. And those get, those guys kind of get shut out. So I, yeah, I someone just like, lost their media. Somebody just posted about that a while ago. Yeah. What, a month ago. Yeah. So I feel like I have to be so. very careful. Whereas Steve has a very large footprint and mm-hmm. in the industry and um, has been doing it a long time. So he can be more what he should be. He's doing what we all yeah. should be able to do. Unfortunately, I don't feel like I can do that. And, and to be honest, I'm not so built that way where I can be very, I'm not, I'm just not a negative person. So but Dark Side, if you have that concern, that means that you're probably not going to have that happen. The fact that you're thinking about it actively, yeah. is, I think is your safeguard that, you know, it won't happen, that you won't horribly offend anybody anyway yeah i think you're right it's just uh i i have to overcome some of my own i guess like insecurities with it but um 
Let's get. No, back. you're right. I, yeah. yeah, we're getting off topic. Yeah, Sorry, I don't want to get yelled at but. too much. So, um, okay. Hey, Evan and Jalik, we talked about like their friendship, right? And they continuously were ball busting and uh, kind of just acting like kids, right? Not like little kids, but they're just being kids, having fun. Um, yeah. I want to know if Justin Triple J, if the ball busting goofiness annoyed you at all, or if it was enjoyable to listen to. No, I enjoyed it. I think that kind of goes back to what I believe you or Carly said at the beginning of the show. The show was a little loose, and I enjoyed it. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. what makes our sport fun is when we get to see these guys live their real lives and be the goofy. And I think that's why Jet, you know, is who he is. You know, a lot of people are mm-hmm. bitching about Jet getting a fourth-place interview. We need that in our sport because it's, mm-hmm. he's so marketable. So these kids coming up, if they stay like this and stay marketable, it's going to help grow our sport. You know, like Evan and Jalik and – Forkner, or not Forkner, but Ryder D, like all these kids that they keep showing their personalities and not shut everybody out, like kind of how Tomac does. I mean, I think it's going to grow our sport and we're going to get outside more outside sponsors, I'm hoping. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, well, Steve also joined in on the ball busing. So some of the things that I just took note on was Evan saying Jalit goes faster when the cameras come out. Uh, and Steve said, hey, Evan may be the next Axel Hodges, whips and knack knacks. And. <laughs> Jalik had talked about setting the fastest time at a, at a track and see, said, well, if Timmy had been there, Timmy would have set the fastest time. All yeah. that's just good banter, good enjoyment. Um, kind of, again, I, 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 a lot of times I reference back to Howard Stern. Uh, to me, Pulp is very similar to the Howard Stern of motocross mm-hmm. podcast. That's just the banter we would get on, on Howard. He'd, he'd be busting, uh, you know, Robin's balls or busting, <laughs> Baba Booey's balls or, you know, or or Fred, Fred would be, have the, the puppet out and making fun of Baba Booey. That's just, that's kind of what we get with this. And um, again, entertaining makes the four and a half, five and a half hour shows go by. Cause if it was just basic interviews, no, I, I couldn't listen to it for that long. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Gus racing was established in 1990 as a premier off highway Seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out gutsracing.com for info on many of the products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. I'm running Guts Racing seat covers on both my Hondas. And if I decide to get a Yamaha, as we talked about last week, I will put a Guts Racing seat on that. Uh, Let's see here, Carly. I want to shift gears back to you a little bit, and I'll get Mm -hmm. you going on this, Justin. Um, How about favorite segment? Ooh. Well, I'm a little biased because the tweet at Steve, mm-hmm. my fiance's been question has been an, uh, answered twice. Okay. The motorsport so, tweet at Steve, tweet at town, yes. tweet at tits. Yes. And so I love without calling in and that awkwardness where people aren't really themselves, it seems they're kind of tied up. I love the tweets where they can kind of just shoot whatever's on their mind. And I think there's a really good job of which ones they pick, honestly, because mine has, my fiance's been on there twice. <laughs> he <laughs> okay. was actually on the last one. He um, had the union question. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That was my okay. fiance. Yeah. That JQ just spill. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, that's, that's my favorite. Um, okay. Any segments you do not like? Um, a lot of people don't like the, um, damn it, my mind. Tear off? 
No, not the X. The or <laughs> no. The, oh. God dang it! What? Why am I blanking on Future that? Future headlines. Future headlines. Or JT doesn't like it. I think for the most like that's. I love but, it. But yeah, that's a good one that I wish they'd bring back more often. Um, but my favorite besides race tech rants is the games. I love tits versus tits. I've said this a hundred times. A Ray and Cade, the the friendship oh game, like yes. those things. What about you, Justin? Yeah, games are fun, especially yeah. the boombox. Crazy how excited they get over boombox. And I like <laughs> a couple yeah. of those things, and I'm like, dude, like they they get upset over those things. Yeah. Um, and Brett at Skosh is an awesome dude. He shots his Brett at Skosh. Like Skosh is a a great sponsor, and glad to see those guys on board. But um, for me, it, it's the whole show is really good. I think there's a few things Steve. Like you said, he runs such a tight ship, but sometimes I feel like he could. I, that's why I like these shows. Like I even texted you, like it's surprising that he's staying in Florida for a week. I feel like he's doing mm-hmm. something to where he is trying something different and getting more com- not comfortable, but more loose. And he's just enjoying life more. I think. Okay. He, yeah. He, he almost seems like he's having more fun. I, I guess. Yeah. He was out at, was it Baker's? No, he was out at the, uh, he had net. He was at the yeah, net. The 83 net. compound. 83 compound. Okay, right, right. Which was the um, old Chad's place? Was that Chad's place? Yeah. Yeah. So he was out there. Yeah, I was a little surprised, too, with no Tuesday race, that he didn't go home and, you know, hang out with Pookie. Pookie's probably a little lonely right now, but they <laughs> they they figure that whole thing out. Um, I, Rocky's upset. What's that? Rocky? Rocky's upset. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's upset. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Uh, I always tell you guys the race tech rants is still my favorite segment. Um, that's just the one that I, if I only got one segment, it'd be the rants pulp 21 to save at race tech. Let's Steve had a whole bunch of them. Let's give you a quick review and we'll dive into those. And my rental right now for the week is $1,300. I call Hertz, uh, 25 times JT, 25, probably 25 times. And I couldn't get through to somebody who could help me. Okay. It was all different departments that couldn't help me. As of now, they said, yeah, we'll just adjust the price. But they didn't, they said, just when you drop it off, tell them. And I'm like, yeah, that's really going to work. My second rant, uh, rant is this hotel that you booked us into. It's, this hotel's uh, fine. My shower is garbage. The, oh, the air conditioning is not They're working. Brutal. For those of you listening, which yeah. is everybody, Steve gets in his room. His room's Obviously not yeah, up to his. Shit. It's not up to his standard. It's fine. I just told him like, and he even said he's like, I should just switch rooms. Yeah, I'm like you should. You should it, just say, hey, this room sucks. I need to switch rooms. It's a whole thing. We're five days into this. No, we're not five, but it's a whole thing. You got here Thursday. I'm Friday. No, I'm here. Friday. Okay, yeah. Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We're four yeah. days yeah. into this, yeah. and you haven't switched yeah. rooms. I so you'd just... rather suffer and just complain about it? Yeah. Uh, my third rant, I should say, is that I uh, Don Maeda, uh, a buddy of mine, um, won't let Anton on the shows anymore. Fourth rant of the night. So someone sent me a vital thread where Jeff Alessi is going off on Dan Hubbard. Well, that's rich. Jeff went off about one particular comment, and it was because Vince or Vince Freezy is a hot button topic right now for the Alessi family. I don't know why. I'm guessing just because they're friends. My only one is this mask thing oh we're dealing boy. with. I, I. I if we're going to go down the road where we have to wear two masks now, JT, I'm going to lose it. Stop it. I'm going to no lose it. No one's going to make you wear two masks. They're, but two masks? Yeah, but... You, where does it end? Yeah. Where does <laughs> where does the madness end? I just threw my mask on the table. Let the madness begin. By next summer, it's going to be five masks. Have 
slowed the spread. Quiet down. When's the curve going to be flattened? When is the curve going to be flattened, Steve? (laughs) I was told two weeks. I was told it was a damn hoax. So that's what I was (laughs) told. Fair point. All right. So, Justin, <laughs> that uh, that little audio I added in there of Ozzy, that was a little louder than I thought it was going to be. So I'll try, yeah. I'll try to fix that later. Um, but caught me off guard. Yeah, that was, a little, <laughs> I know, that was the cleanest version of him saying, let the madness begin that I could find. But, Justin, uh, pick one. What was, like, your favorite of the rants? Uh, probably the mask thing because I hate wearing masks. Like, super cross, man. Like, Carly was an indie, so she knows. They were strict. Oh like, yeah! If you didn't have your mask on, even when you're in your own pod area, like every like it, it didn't matter. Like you were in the stadium, masks on. Yep. Like it was you had your seat, masks on. Like they were like have signs. Like they were like being military personnel. They were like they were just on you. I'm like, holy crap! So did um, you see the angry men with the mask sign that they point at you and they stare you right in the eyes too, and then they yeah, start coming yeah, up like, the stairs towards you? They were they were. A little intense. They're, they're like protesters. They got these big wood signs. Like, they're just, they're out there. They're angry. Luckily, we had a suite, but I was just like, holy crap. Like, these guys are strict. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it almost ruined the experience a little bit. Like, during really? okay. practice and everything. So. Yeah, it was so same. you're in your pod, so it's like, well, you know, like, come on, we're in our pod. We're in our area. Like, you know, let us live our life. I was, it was the same in Houston, and I was a little f- bummed that we had to wear masks after we had to get tested mm-hmm. on Friday. You know, we did a rapid test. We got our negatives. So, like, I kind of felt like, well, when you're in the press box, it's me, Steve, and Weege. Like, eh, come on. But, but Sean, you know, look, I've said this before also. There's rules they have to follow so that they can do no, this event. Yeah. And yep. they're, they're following them as strict as possible so that nothing happens and we don't get these taken away. Uh, we're, we're being a little bit whiny about it to a degree, but at the same time, I get why we're being whiny, but hell, yeah. I'm just, I'm excited. We're getting to go to the races. Carly, what about you? Did you have a favorite of the rants? Well, I did, but with, I don't want to keep on about the mask thing, okay. but you would think that especially people who have been, you know, motocross or supercross riders, they have their helmet on. They have that covers their face. They have goggles on and they're like going these motos in a hundred degree heat. So I'm like, I, you would think they'd be used to like, that a mask wouldn't really bother them as much. But I agree that, you know, he, his concern was more that, oh, we might have two to five masks on my face. But, right, too. Yeah. 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 So and, silly. And, yeah. You know, on your side, dark side, like if everyone did just wear their masks, it would be over a lot quicker. So, but there's a, there's a really thin line of where it's like helpful and when it's just ruining things. So, sure. but um, the one, rant the hertz one where he said he paid ended up paying what was it thirteen hundred dollars yes, made me sick to my stomach oh can you it, imagine then, rage? oh my god <laughs> and just the, the idea of having to call and they're they're passing around it literally i couldn't i yeah. i would not have survived that event i would have flipped the shit out i'd just been so mad it, it, so just that whole time my skin yeah. was crawling him him talking about calling and nobody being able to help made me think uh oh like i'm a huge fan of the band tool and they have a live album and at the end of that album there's this dead like dead space and then there's this recording of it's made up obviously but it's like calling the la county courthouse and it's like press one for this and it just keeps looping like no matter what you press 
mm-hmm. you go back into the system and it loops back around over and over. And then I think eventually it just hung up on him. But like, that's what it made me think of. That's such a nightmare having to deal with all this automated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was laughing at the hotel one, like, dude, just <laughs> change rooms in like every, like he's no pressure or whatever the problem is. Change rooms. Oh, I got two OGO, you know, bags and well, okay. Change rooms. It's not that hard, but Hey, Steve's hard headed, man. He, uh, he's hard headed. Um, he's like me. Like, we're, like it, it's almost like he's bougie without saying he's bougie. <laughs> yeah. A little he's bit. High maintenance. He's high maintenance. He, he, he is a little high maintenance. It seems that way. I, I will not, I will not argue with you. He's um, fancy. <laughs> all right. Let's say, Hey, did you guys, were you surprised at all? Either one of you, uh, Justin, that Joey from friends, Matt LeBlanc was at summer cross. No one said Matt yeah. LeBlanc through the whole show. I know. They just said <laughs> Joey from Joey. friends. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who it was until Carly just said it. I didn't know his name was Joey too. Yeah. Well, Joey from friends, his real name is Matt LeBlanc. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he has a son, Matthew LeBlanc that races for star Yamaha. <gasps> Really? No, I made that up. But there is a Matthew. <laughs> there is a Matthew LeBlanc. I was like, LeBlanc. there's the connection. We we it. Yeah, there is a Matthew LeBlanc racing for Star. And it just always, I always think of Joey. His hair would have been so nice. Joey so. was in the moto. Like, he would, if you watch Friends, yeah. he'll have, like, motocross shirts on every once in a while. And there's, I want to say, like, on the apartment, him and Chandler's apartment, there's, like, a a magnet or something that's motorcycle related. So he was a moto fan, but I thought that was pretty well, cool. Where'd he go? What happened? What's that? Why isn't he a fan anymore? Where'd he go? Well, I'm sure he is. And we just probably doesn't know somebody that races probably. Is yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Cause like Dax Shepard, like Dax Shepard usually goes <sighs> to Anaheim one. Dax. Yeah. Dax, man, I've been trying. He's for, a huge fan. I've been trying for two years to get Dax on my show. I, do you, do you listen to his podcast? I love oh, Armchair so Expert. Good. Yeah. The Weimers are big yeah. fans of Armchair Expert as well. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and That's he's good. friends with uh, Castillo. Castillo did a lot yep. of the stunts yep. and chips and some other movies. And, um, yeah, and I've become friends with his other his other um, stunt guy, his stunt coordinator for chips, uh, which okay. is Steve DeCastro, I believe is his name. But, yeah, Dax yeah. is a big moto yeah. guy. Like, if you watch chips, dude, there's so much. Like, there's Alpine Star stuff everywhere and a bunch of, like, little things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he got to go out to the like Alpine Star just did a little thing out at Button Willow and he was there. Keanu was there. Yep. There's a couple guys there. Well, one of these so, days. I mean, celebrities in our sport's not odd. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know Joey was into it, but celebrities yeah. in our sport has always been, you know, kind of a thing. So, I mean, Michael Jordan used to sponsor a superbike team back sure. in the day. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, um, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things to where these guys, I think, um, they, they, they enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a thrilling sport or, you know, so I think, uh, they see it on TV and they enjoy yeah. it. I thought that was pretty cool though. Them throwing that out there. Um, I liked it. Yeah, that's cool. Carly, mm-hmm. do you follow amateurs at all? <gasps> yes. Okay. <coughs> yes. Well. My favorite is Luke Neese. He's like my ah, favorite. All right. All so right. we went, um, I've been to, we went to Ironman in Crawfordsville and, kind of one of the things is you know we were watching the constellation race and and me and kenny were like okay well if you had to pick one for like our imaginary team and i saw luke niece just blaze by that 125 and ever since then i'm like you know i can't pick him for fantasy though because every time i pick him for fantasy horrible things happen <laughs> so i love him from afar okay i never pick him so that he succeeds but yeah and i love i mean that's a big thing about pulp fantasy versus all the others that i don't 
think about um, is that you get to know and you start caring and following all these privateers. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder why there isn't more support for these guys. Like, how is there not like a mass moto GoFundMe or things where they can reach out and you can know, hey, how can I support these these guys? Like, I would definitely sign up like for a Patreon for one of my favorite guys to donate to every month. I just, I haven't, if there is one, I would like to know, but I just don't see that for privateers. Yeah. There's actually a couple guys that have started, uh, and Steve's had a couple of them on in the past, uh, privateerlife.mx. Garrett Schlegel is a guy that does a lot for privateers, takes money in and has a website set up so people can help support the the privateers. Mm -hmm. And of course, Steve does a lot with the, the Yamaha, um, privateer fund that, you know, he's got going on now. So there, there, there are a few, uh, they just don't get a lot of recognition, but speaking of privateers, um, you know, at one point, Evan kind of joked with Steve about not liking amateurs and later in the show, (laughs) uh, Timmy asked this. It's just funny because you're like, it's the amateur thing. It's just, it's so stupid or whatever, whatever you say, but it's like, how the heck do you get to pro without doing amateurs no you do the amateurs but you just do them normally just don't be so out Dude, there you, you know have no idea oh i'm sure oh the funny so the funniest part of all this is that this guy when you were a baby he was just like honestly like when i'm done we're out like yeah. I, I don't want to be at the track i don't want to deal with all this like yeah. i'm burnout. I'm tired of sweating. I'm tired of working on the track. I'm tired of dragging hoses. I'm still tired of it. Tired of dragging hoses across the track. I don't want this. Do this anymore. Is all in. Yeah. Like there is yeah. no driving like, to mammoth. Tony Lessie right. and then there's Timmy. <laughs> Justin, Tony Lessie and Timmy. But the funny thing is, Steve says do it normally. Well, they are pretty much at this point. What they're doing is the normal way now. It's just. It's just not our way. Like, it's really become excessive. Yeah, I think Steve hates how much these amateurs make. That's, oh, that's yeah. the biggest thing mm-hmm. is, and how much how much they're on social media with the instant bangers and all that. Steve hates that. I think Steve wants it to where it was just – he just wants racing. He doesn't yep. want the whip. He doesn't want the, you know, fake energy drink posts. He doesn't want all that. He wants just, okay, you go to Loretta's, you go to Mammoth, do whatever, and – but yeah, funny to JT's point, I thought the same thing. You know, like Evan kind of popped on the scene late. Like when he was in the 85 class, he was okay. Mm-hmm. But then he like, dude, he got picked up by Husky and he just turned it all around. Like it was like they went all in. Because I remember his house was, I remember Timmy's house was up for sale a while back. The property was up for sale. Everything was up for sale. And then like, I think he, they got picked up by Husky and then he's just like, all right, we're going all in and it's starting to pay off, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it's 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 gotten crazy. Um, okay, X brand tear offs, Carly. <laughs> this this one I was the only one I really made a note of was Jalik was asked the funniest thing Timmy uh, says or asks to of him. You know when they're out, and Jalik said that like he's a big fan of rap music, Timmy Ferry, oh and suggests rappers that Jalik has never heard of, like. <laughs> Timmy would be the last guy I would think of listening to rap. I just like surprised. <laughs> and, and he says, Master P is a good guy or a good dude. That Does he like up. Hit, hit up SoundCloud and that's where he's looking for his rappers? I just don't know. Super vague. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought that's hilarious. Jalik made, had some guy that he had heard, brought up and I was like, yeah, I'm, never, I'm not into rap. So I wouldn't hear of any of them. But right. yeah, where does, 
Where does Timmy go to find his rap music? <laughs> SoundCloud. <obviously>. I don't, <laughs> just Google. Like he gets on his phone. Like he he doesn't even seem like he'd be that good at technology. So like, how does he find Sound SoundCloud? Well, and it's like they're newer rappers. Yeah. They're not like he's going to some record store and finding some vague rapper from the early nineties. Well, he's, other than Master P. Yeah, but he he's like it's somebody who's brand new, and right. it's like he doesn't seem trendy, but like maybe in just that aspect, he's super on point and trendy with his picks. So it was I don't know. It, it I was so surprised. <laughs> it surprised me. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It blew me away. But okay, um, uh, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs, UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And this week on the Motorsport Tweet at Steve segment, Justin, this this topic, this was a good one. This one was one of my favorite tweet topics that ever probably got brought up. Where does JS7 and RC finish in their prime last weekend at Orlando and freaking Timmy says 15th. What Justin, come on, man. Like JS seven wins. No, they probably don't even qualify it. What? <laughs> I'm Dude, I was about to hang up on you. Uh, I can't take these jokes. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, RC and, and James in their prime, I think yeah, it'd be hard. I, I think these guys, don't realize how good, like mm-hmm. when I say these guys, like Kenny and all these yeah, guys, yeah. like the class is stacked. But RC and James, I mean, RC went twenty four and zero twice. Like nobody's gonna ever do that again. Um, like, so I mean, if they're if we're talking prime, I would say yeah. I mean, James and RC are both top five. Like I need more details. Is James on a twenty twenty one Kawasaki? You know, or is he no, on I his think, 07? I think just, Yeah, I think they're just talking prime for prime. Like if you, yeah. Look at, those guys, like, when they're at their best, and these guys, when they're at their best, and it's kind of like how people are comparing the Lakers to the 96 Bulls. Like, Jordan and those guys would mop up the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like, that team was so good. Right. The, 90, the ninety-six Bulls, the 97 Bulls. Like, it's just, you can't compare the two because, like, there's just so much difference. Um, but 15th is ridiculous. The are different. Yeah, I know. I would say top five. James, if they're in their prime and RC's training, because – Timmy knows better than anybody. Ricky ain't going to let you roll. Like, he ain't going to roll over. Like, right. Ricky's going to come out swinging, and he's yeah. going to kill himself to beat you. So, um, if we're talking prime for prime, yeah, James and Ricky are both top five. I think sure. so. Carly, what do you think? I mean, again, you weren't really watching in 07, but I'm sure oh, you – Oh, but I know these yeah. guys. <laughs> I've been told well. <laughs> no. um, well, I mean, are, like you said, are they on – do they have the, today's technology as well? Like, all the things that go into these bikes, and they get, you know – all that advantage but you take james stewart who was just i don't think anyone could argue just raw talent just super super talented i mean uh, some of the videos i see he just launches himself for other <laughs> people yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like how does he do that sure. and, but then you have K- ricky carmichael who yeah he's talented but he has an out of this world work ethic so they're so different but within today's realm i and how stacked it is i would say james stewart's in the top five and Ricky Carmichael's is right there after him, but 
it's so hard. It's so that whole it's it's a bigger can of beans, this conversation, just because you, there's well, these tiny little aspects like, well, well, what bike did they have? Do they have hall shot devices? You know, yeah, you're, um, you're both wrong. James, James wins. <laughs> RC gets second and the other guys are 10 seconds behind. So <laughs> I refuse to let it Noted. go. I Noted. refuse to let it go. Uh, okay. The last guest of the night, my buddy Logan Carr now comes in. Um, I like Logan, man. He, I thought he was really cool that Steve let him come in. There was a few people on YouTube, you know, you always get the haters that were like, oh, kind of a weak show tonight, weak guest lineup. I don't agree, Justin. I think it's great that Steve has a privateer like Logan in, a guy that doesn't get a lot of exposure. You know, we don't have to have freaking Zach Osborne in every week or, you know, A-Ray is a privateer, but he gets a lot of exposure through the the pods he does. Logan doesn't get very much. I think it's really badass that Steve let him come in. I, I love hearing him on there. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of Logan? Logan's good. I like how he talked about the contingency and yeah. how he even, he even noted the fact that he knows the class is weak right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. It's good, good um, spotlight for him and Moran and you know a couple other guys and. I think it's awesome. You know, it's one of those things where I did have someone tell me that they thought the show was a little boring this week, but I think it's one of those things where, like we said, Steve's not doing the normal. You're not doing the normal Steve. Like, you don't have the YouTube. You don't have all the regular banter. It's, he's running a, almost like a tighter ship, I'd say, on a disclosed location. Um, but Carno, I like how he gave his insight. He he knows that he's a privateer. He knows that he's in that spot to really make a name for himself. And I think he's capitalizing on it. And I hope, I hope it works out for him. Carly, do you know much about Logan? Yeah. He's, he gets me good points. Yeah. Yes, he has been. <laughs> he absolutely has been. Yeah. And, um, so I think he was also his mindset about when his bike failed on him, you know, well, it wasn't the shock. So, um, what was happening with his bike where he, he'd push it down and it would just die on him. Um, but he, his mentality about it, he's just like, you know, what happens. And to me, that seems like a much bigger loss than than how he made it. I think he just brushed it off his shoulders and moved on. I really like that he has that mindset. I think you kind of have to if you're a privateer and mm-hmm. you've you've got to get used to, oh, well, yeah, I don't have another motor, right? Like, you know, life moves on because they could be defeated by something like that. So I really like him yeah, um, he, and his mindset. He's super chill. I yeah. remember him hitting up rides. He's like, anyone going to Detroit? And he was in Indy, right? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, dude, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was funny that Steve was trying to defunct the uh, hashtag home life by bringing up his oh, yeah. his uh, his ex chick Amanda, who I've I know, and um, yeah, it's Steve, Steve was trying to to defunct Kiefer because that's what he does. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, Logan was great. We found out that he was yeah. a Quebec Arena Cross champion. I don't think I, I damn sure didn't know that. I don't think a lot no. of people did. That was no. pretty cool. Um, and I really like that Logan said, uh, you know, Steve asked him, do you feel more pressure now? And he's like, yeah, you know, it used to be that I'd make the, the main and I felt like, oh, my night's over. I did what I needed to do. And now he feels more pressure, even though he knows the, the series is a little bit weaker. He's expecting more out of himself. Uh, and I think that's good. That's going to help him continue to improve. And maybe, you know, maybe next year legitimately, I say that loosely, but legitimately he could be a top 10 guy still as long as he learns and keeps continuing to progress. So um, good job, Steve, having Logan on. Okay, mm-hmm. before we wrap this thing up, Carly, uh, not a lot of women on Pulpamex. Like every once we've had Jessica Patterson, 
back in the day, like uh, Brittany Chisholm's been on, Brady Bowers, a few other here and there, usually when they're with their significant others or whatever. Would you like to see Steve have more women in the industry on? Um, you know, there's racers like Jordan Jarvis. There's some off-road racers that are female. There's women behind the scenes, you know, marketing. Or, mm-hmm. marketing yeah. Or does it even, does it make a difference to you as a woman? You know, I, not to betray my sex, but to me, I, I was a huge competitor growing up. I did equestrian stuff. I jumped and okay. barrel raced and yep. stuff like that. And I never had that divide between there's the men going and the women going. We were all competing together. So when I am listening to Pulp or watching Moto, I don't really feel that divide of, oh, it's just the men. Um, but yeah, I mean, having more women on is is always more diverse. And if they have something to say about, you know, what we're watching and what's going on, absolutely. I just don't really make that special, like, oh, well, they're a woman, so we need to get them on. I have much more of an, eagle, an equal wash kind of across the board where, um, you know, it's just what is your opinion more than, okay, you're a woman, so come on. It's like, okay, do you have something to add? Please yeah. come on. But you also have to realize what we're covering. You, The pulp mostly covers the male supercross sure. and motocross. Yep. So you kind of, and that's a very male dominated everyone yes yeah it's but i mean whenever there's a woman who's part of the industry which there are and have them on for what their input is i just don't think that people should be coming on just because they're women saying that and that's kind of the only reason i'm on today i don't really have anything to add to the industry (laughs) the fact that i i have an interest in them female is why i came on um and i know that it's a drive to have more women on but to me personally it's not i don't feel like well because they're female they should be on yeah, um, but if they are point. female and have something good to say then to have them on i think that's does that make good... sense i feel yeah, like yeah, i absolutely. didn't send any females <laughs> no no i don't think you did i think it was uh, a good point and uh, i'm glad that you did reach out and come on the pulp mx wrap-up show uh once again i want to thank guts racing michelin bicycle tires motosport.com and Seal Savers, along with all the other Pulpamex sponsors, go to pulpamexshow.com, click on the Sponsor Deals tab. There's tons of low, um, links and discount codes, and if you don't see one, if you're looking for one that's not on there, you can usually use the contact form. Steve generally gets back with people pretty quickly and can help them out. Uh, like I said last week, I, I joined the ARMA Brigade, whatever you want to call it. I got some ARMA in now. Uh our jerky, that's one that Steve doesn't promote a ton, but it's one of his sponsors. Uh, I love that's the Wageman's Jerky Company, bunch of others, whatever. Anything that sponsors the Pulp Mech Show, you can find it. Support them. If you have any questions, comments, anything to add to the Hello Pookie segment, hit me up, darkside at pulpmechshow.com. Speaking of that Hello Pookie segment, Carly, um, have you ever heard one of those? Because it's been a while since I've done one. It's been a long time yeah. since I've heard it. And it was when I was kind of first okay. into it. Well, we're going to start getting back to those. Pookie and I have texted about it. But I need some more questions. I need to know what listeners want. So you too, Carly, if you have anything that you would like to hear from Pookie, send me an email. Darkside at Is pulp- there? Sorry. You're good. Darkside at pulpmexshow.com. What was your question? I was wondering if anyone has asked her how she wins an argument with Steve before. She has no, nobody has, so we can add that to the list. Yeah. How do you win that? Yeah, one? we could uh, we could add that to the list. That's a good one. So, Justin, uh, before we go, anything else, man? Um, it's a little off topic, but 
just maybe your thoughts real quick. Do you think with it being the way that it is with the series right now, we don't have anybody doing a fill-in ride? Do you think if we had a normal series, we would have might have had somebody on Forkner's bike or somebody on Mosman's bike? Or I wish Steve could get like TK on or somebody on next week after Orlando and kind of like, hey, yeah. like, you know, throw somebody on the bike. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. But I get it. There's no way to test or anything, but it'd be cool. Like Morant could have threw Red Bull graphics on his bike and been on it. Just give those privateers experience for one round, two rounds. Just You know what I mean? We always talk about privateers and this and that, but it's like I wish we could kind of give those guys a shot since the bike's just sitting there. Yeah, I would say unlikely in the 250 class because the series is so short, but in the 450 right. class – uh, you know, like, well, if Chase was going to be out for the whole season, well, then Honda doesn't really have to, right? But it'd be yeah. nice if they did. But it, we haven't really – there hasn't really been an injury in the 450 class that's going to keep somebody out all season that I can think of. So there's right. – no, but, uh, you know, like KTM obviously lost Max Volan, and he's their only rider. So, yeah, it'd be yep. cool if they had pulled up – let's say Jess Pettis didn't get hurt or – somebody else on a KTM Husky, that would have been cool. But right. I don't think we'll see it. If it was a regular series, a regular year, yeah, probably. Nah. on In the 450 class, I don't think so much in the 250. Yeah. I was just wondering, what, you know, if it's one of those things where if Steve's ever asked that question, just, you know, it's like if you're trying to sell bikes, right? So if you mm-hmm. get more bikes on the track, it's like, you know, these guys are already there. Just run it. But I was just curious on why we never really thought about just giving those guys a shot, just to kind of give them that experience. Like almost like a make-a-wish kid. Like, hey, you're going to be a full factory rider for a day. Yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, it'd be nice if they did that, but they rarely do, unless you're Phil Nicoletti or even yeah. a, a Ray's got a got the chance a couple of years ago. Um, right, Carly. Anything else before we go? I have a quick question. Okay. Why does everyone in Moto and Supercross are all French bulldogs, English bulldogs? <laughs> What's the bulldog strength? Because that's the one thing that I'm like, why? Why I have all no bulldogs? idea. I, I can't. Yeah, I don't. Do you don't, see the? Do you see it though? Like everyone's like, oh, here's my French bulldog, and here's my. Especially they did that little piece um, for Supercross last week about everyone's dogs. Oh, I missed that because I don't. I guess I didn't see any of that. Was that on the? Yeah. Peacock thing. Mm-hmm. It was like in the middle, yeah. yeah. There's oh, a breeder. I must SoCal have been getting ice cream. And, yeah, there's a breeder in SoCal, and like everybody kind of knows. Like he's there's a couple actually, a couple of them, but it's kind of like one of those things to where everybody drives a Toyota Escondido truck, and everybody has <laughs> right. a Frenchie. I know. Um, okay. They're super cute. So yeah, it, it's just it's just an industry thing. Like uh, it's the cool thing right yeah, now. It's, Except Barsha, he's got two like, huge great names. Yeah, <laughs> that's his wife. That's because his wife's Brit from English. <laughs> Ah. But, um, but yeah, and like even mechanics have Frenchies. Like everybody's got Frenchies. Yeah, I, would, I actually would have to say I was not completely aware of that. But other than that, that is going to be a wrap for episode 455. Thank you to Carly Phillips and Triple J. Uh, once yep. again, appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. We are out of here. We'll be back next week. As long as I have electricity, we're out. <laughs> Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say all